And this is the problem, the consistency. And I totally get, you can't get consistency I'm getting there. all fired up. I'm all fired up and lonesome. Hello, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, and welcome to Fire Up! I'm Dennis Carnahan here with the serene Pantsman Pat. After his bunny's boy Latrell missed three shots at drop goal in extra time to allow the cool, calm, collected, handsome half with rockstar good looks and surfer dreamboat hair Nico Hines to slot the winner. Sorry, pants man. And a calm Chris Gale bathing in the heavenly glow of the rugby league gods smiling on him. Paying him back for the balaclava and shotgun Cowboys robbery travesty of last week with a cathartic win for his Tigers over the Broncos. And as usual, we're here to investigate and unpack the nexus between art, music, science, culture and rugby league. There's been a lot of talk about culture this season. Talk from Kevy about the culture at the Broncos, who lost to the Tigers, and the re-signed one-carved Ricky Stewart. <sighs> he talks about culture a lot. But there's been even more this week, with the boycotting Manly Seven claiming religion and culture being the reason for their outward expression of homophobia. And that led to hero of the show, Toby Rudolph, coming out about his rainbow spectrum sexuality. And I guess by saying that, I'm coming out as a virtue-signalling woke lefty, the sort that friend of the show, Paul Kent, hates! Friend! Hate! Diversity! Culture! Rugby League! But what is culture? From whence does it come? It surely must come from society. Society being association. People are of similar ideals, ideas, idols and idioms coming together. But when people come together, there will be differences. And to allow those differences to work, there has to be rules. Laws. And to make those laws effective, there has to be consequences for their transgression. In his terrific book about rebuilding post-conflict economies from his experience in Afghanistan, economist Dr. Michael Carnahan notes that it's easy to get money from do-goodies in the West for roads, schools and hospitals. It feels nice donating for that. But what they really need are police, courts and jails. The rule of law, laws and consequences for transgressing them. Rugby League has laws to underpin its culture, written in a document titled Rugby League Laws of the Game International Level with Notes on the Laws and NRL Telstra Premiership Interpretations. But these laws, this book is in crisis. These interpretations are utterly bemused and befuddled. No one knows what's going on with them. Many people have these books, but they read them so differently. Chris Gale, all your friends are lawyers. You have a law degree and you've been a student of the game of rugby league across two different millennia. Can you untie the tangled knots of rugby league laws and bring them back to straight rope to make some sense of what the hell has happened between the judiciary, the match review committee, the bunker and the referees just this last week? Learn or understand anything. Now, it turns out I did my law degree in the 1980s Ooh. and I want to transport everybody now back in time to the 1980s where we're going to find some answers to the questions that you have so interestingly posed. Yes, Dennis and the Fire Up universe, if there is such a thing. We are going back in time to the 1980s to a time and place of Stranger Things where we enter the upside down world and that is the world of Rugby League 2022 round just gone past. Right. So, in Upside Down World, so I assume that means... It, it, that's what uh, that Cleary boy was trying to introduce <laughs> into the game was Upside Down World. Tremendous that was his metaphor. expression of it. Tremendous metaphor for the broader issue that we saw unfurl this week. And by the way, I don't know if you've caught much of Season 4 of Stranger Things. I'm yet to binge it. It's a homage to... A particular, Nathan Cleary. It's no, to a particular series of films 
So I like to give the subtitle to this episode, Fire Up, Nightmare on NRL Street. Oh, and who's Freddie in that? Well. Is it Volandis? Is Volandis Freddie? Well, no, I've got a particular theory here that Volandis is not Freddie. For those who are watching the show, Volandis comes across as more of a Vecna character to me. But uh, let's just uh, call a spade a spade. If Andrew Abdo is not Freddy Krueger, I don't know my pop culture. Ah, so he's Freddy Krueger before the Burns. Yes, indeed. I see. So let's go through what happened this week. What didn't happen? Let's start with the Storms game against the Warriors because, let's face it, who was watching that? But uh, there was an incident involving Nelson Asafa-Solomona. Ah, yes. Clean skin. Right. So he's come down in a two-person tackle with his elbow in the vicinity of Wade Egan's head. And just for those purists, W-A-Y-D-E. Oh. Not unlike West Tigers director Rick Wade, actually. And now Wade has come out of that particular incident with two cracked teeth. Right, because of Nelson Sofamol, who's not a small gentleman. No. In fact, he's the biggest in the competition, I believe. Yes. His elbow. I saw that he dropped the entire way down, bang, onto his face with the elbow. Well, you saw that. but Now, they were connected. They, it, it wasn't like he dropped from a great height wrestling style and bang, dropped the elbow. He actually, they, they were, he was connected. There was, there, there was no separation. But when they landed, his face took the impact of Nelson's weight via the point of his elbow. Yeah, and two teeth cracked. I believe they were both in sizes. And it's interesting you should say that because according to referee supremo Graham Annesley, mm. who's forensically gone through the video, it was obviously a little... Uh, I think actually his manager of football operations, referee supremo, is called Jared Horst Maxwell. Uh, well, friend you, you of the know, show. You know what I mean. Yeah, um, Felix. Everyone's a supremo in the NRL. That's part of the problem. <laughs> That's why it's a nightmare on NRL Street. Get down to Moore Park Driver <laughs> Avenue. It's just you're into the upside down world immediately. There's clowns looking out of the gutters. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I loved if with Tim Curry, the yeah. the original telly movie. Yeah, abs- not if. What was it called? It. Yeah. What a what a what a scary proposition it is. Mm. And I hear Tim Curry's not doing that well. So you know, we're sending out our best wishes to Tim. Pardon me. I'm I sure he appreciates it. Think you've show. met my pantsman, Pat. No, sorry, I shouldn't do that. So, Annesley's gone through what is obviously grainy footage. That's all they were able to get their hands on because he said the video is not very clear. And this was a situation of, I think I'm getting the quote roughly correct, two big guys on a small guy. Mm. And uh, the two cracked teeth were the result of incidental contact. Now, if you remember last week, Dale Finucane, Cronulla Cleanskin, let's face yes. it, has rushed out of the line. Great artist, wonderful singer. Terrific. Singer, guitarist, yeah, beautiful you, man. Have you seen the He's imagine, from Bega. Have you seen the Imagine Dragons have asked him to do a cover of their song, Yes. Shark? Yes, know, like beautiful. Yeah, he's passed. He's passed up on the opportunity because let's face it, Imagine Dragons. Um, and Dalfinukin has rushed out of the line because he's keen on playing defense, Dennis, and he's accidentally clashed heads with Critter Crichton, mm. who has ended up in the Evander Holyfield plastic surgery, you know, wing of Penrith Hospital, getting the ear repaired. Now Finucane got two weeks for that, Dennis. Unprecedented. Yeah, and he made that point. That this is un- this is setting a precedent that an accidental contact is going to give two weeks. It's the type of thing that Lee Hajar Patelis loves. Precedent, right? Loves it. But a precedent has been established. Accidental contact, head clash, two weeks, busted ear, actual bodily harm. Yes, busted ear, actual bodily harm, incidental contact, elbow on teeth, two teeth, cracked. causing actual bodily harm. Safa Solomon not charged. Not charged. Now, is it because... Are we there? Is it because it's not his go? Because I put it to you, Nelson Safa Solomon, it is his go. Well, he's had three charges from the two previous weeks. <laughs> but we go into upside down well where Finucane gets two weeks for an accident, unprecedented. Safa Solomon gets no charge. Now, apparently the video is not clear. Well, it was clear enough for the eighth. It's laughable. Look, I'm for, I'm, I back the players all the time. I don't apologise for that. But for me, that's four months suspension. He gets a hand on. Look at the movement. Oh. And Wade Higgins comes off. It looks like he broke his jaw. Well, he but there's nothing but against, his... There was nothing but an intent to hurt him. That's what it was. He had his elbow there and he knows it's there and then he winds up knowing that the head would hit the ground and it would recoil. He's going to smash him in the face. Well, there was enough force to break his he teeth. He broke his teeth, mm. yeah. Honestly, like... Nothing for that or a fine. Oh, that, that's close to a send-off. I, I can't believe that. 
So he's close to a send-off. He'll get four months and he's close. What do you take to get an actual send-off if four months suspensions? You see what I mean about upside-down world? With Joey bringing his gloss on it, that's like upside, upside-down world. Wow. So according to the NRL, they're grainy footage. Now, maybe they haven't got the monitors, the quality that they have down at Channel 9 in North Sydney, right? That Joey might be working off better technology. But according to the NRL, incidental contact, cracked teeth, no charge. Joey's gone four months, almost a send-off. It begs the question, what penalty would Joey be leveraging had there been a send-off? Well, I do wonder. Was, so that was the Zapruder film that, uh, that, <laughs> that Felix was looking at, the, the one that was from the grassy knoll. <laughs> Didn't take the Channel 9 coverage, the NEP camera, the 16 cameras that NEP has at the ground, each of which is recorded on hard drive. He can get every single one of those angles and somehow he couldn't see it. And yet the immortal, the eighth immortal can see it so clearly. He is all-seeing, I have to do say. He is omniscient. Uh, I think that uh, Safa Solomona had briefed his legal representatives in case he was charged, and they were, were going to run that. That's one magic elbow defence. <laughs> and, and speaking of magic elbows, Warrior, Sydney Rooster, Jared Rhea Hargraves, JWH, to his friends, was hit with a $3,000 fine for, as far as I could see, simply having an elbow on debutante, grandfather of the, another immortal. Grandson. Zach, sorry, grandson, did I say? Yes. Yep of immortal Bobby Fulton, Zach Fulton, and he got $3,000 simply for having his elbow in the region of Zach Fulton's head. Yeah, now he did have it there with some force and he did leave it there and he did rub it around a little bit. He did try and find the teeth to break them. It was clear, and this is, uh, I've said it before, I'll say, this is his sixth fine this year. How many fines does someone have to get to actually get a suspension? He's got, the, the gag is he's not playing for money anymore. He's not being paid anymore. He's just playing to pay off his fines, to pay off his debts. And I'm going to say it, it's his go. He is a dog shotting grub. And there he is, this boy, this like, what, 20 year old boy playing his first game of rugby league. This is, you know, 70s Tommy Rodonicus biting Johnny Gibbs on the nose, welcome to first grade Carmichael Hunt kind of stuff. Bang, trying to hurt him. And the beautiful thing about that was that young Fulton, what is it, Zach? Zach. 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 Obviously- I don't know, by the way, whether it's Zachary or Zachariah, but we'll find that out. Young Zach. Either way, Zach doesn't give a Zach about reputations. And a Zach- brass razoo. He doesn't give a razoo. And Bobby Fulton was famous. Famous for one thing, and that was hate. He really didn't like people. He didn't like anything. And his grandson seems to have that. And he does not like JWH. And JWH went to shake his hand after the game. And I was I was so deeply moved by Zach saying, I'm not going to shake your hand. That was a dog shot. You should retire. Go, Zachy! <laughs> yeah, well, that's the upside. I love that hate. That's the upside down world because certainly in normal parlance of rugby league, JWH would have been totally justified in what he did for an upstart rookie, yet he ends up fine. And you know what the NRL said the difference was, Dennis? What was it? The footage was clear. The footage was clear. So ah. so it's got nothing to do with biomechanics and contact and level of risk and duty of care. It's simply how good is your high-def Ultra 4K HD TV? Well, in that case, cannot Wade Egan with a Y, Wade Egan, can he not take Fox to court? Can he not take NEP to court and say, because I have cracked teeth and I got no recompense for it because your footage was bad. Can I? Can he find the cameraman? Can he see who was on camera 15 that night? And why weren't you on HD? Why were you grainy? Because your camera was grainy, camera 15, I got nothing. And get this, Annesley went on to say that because of the multiplicity of cameras that have failed poor Wade Egan in this particular occasion, that they were, in talking about intent, that you could infer that Nelson wouldn't have had the intent despite the form because no one would do anything to anyone given how many cameras are on the ground. And I go, hello, Nathan <laughs> Cleary. What the hell are you talking about, Annesley? Are you Annesley? suggesting this is a... a- conspiracy that the storm have actually organized it so the cameramen all just happened to clock off at that moment i think all now and then here's the question ashley klein he got one call which by the letter of the law that he followed he said i'm not going to make a decision under pressure i'm just going to look at the i'm going to follow the check sheet player changed his direction regardless of the time regardless of the whistle regardless of the long whistle the short whistle i'm following the procedure he followed the procedure. He gets stood down. Those cameramen were derelict in their duty. They didn't get high-definition footage of Nelson Solomona's dirty, grubby play, and he got away with it. 
Upside Are down they going to stand down? Upside down world. It continued. Corey oh, no. Waddell, Cranberry Bankstown, clean skin. Clean skin. <laughs> Last week, gets his hand inadvertently on Tino. Fasul Maliawi. Thank you very much. On his face, executing what's known as a seatbelt tackle. I tell you what, someone should, and I'm sure Pantsman Pat was thinking of doing this, just doing a glossary of all the various tackles because, you know, we've had the wing nut and the chicken wing and you know, <laughs> the cannonball. Now we've got the seatbelt, which I would have thought would be a safe tackle, but yeah. apparently executed safely. I don't know. I'm really confused. But anyway, he gets five weeks for, as best as I could see, not a gouging, yeah. gouging big Tino. Yeah. And then Josh King, Melbourne Storm, hello, big club. Very big club. Big club. Gets his hand all over the face. And I don't think we've spent enough time saying what a terrific name Jazz Tavanga actually has. I mean... It's one of the best. Between Jazz Tavanga and Bunty Afoa, the Warriors have the names... Oh, I love Bunty Afoa as well. Well, And Bunty's hair. It's a thing of beauty. When I was young, I knew a girl called Bunty Beeston. And I just thought, like, it just took me back to, you know, the world of Billy Bunter, which I figure was... (laughs) shamelessly appropriated by J.K. Rowling or whatever her name is in creating the <laughs> Harry Potter story. But anyway, um, but like jazz, I mean, other parents like basketball fans because of that jarring, Utah. the Utah jazz thing, how did that all happen, which I, of course, know about. Or are they just like Gillespie fans or Ornette Coleman? It's just terrific. Well, the, the expression jazz, it's a 30s term, actually comes from sex. It's a sexual term. Are they just fans of sex? Funnily enough, so does the term bunty. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Jazz Tavanga, he's got King's hand all over his face. We've got, can I say this, hello, Lee Hedger-Patellis, precedent, precedent from the week before, and I think you've already pointed out lower grade of Brandon Wakem from, hello, Canterbury, Canterbury Bankstown. Bull- Canterbury Bulldogs. Small club, four weeks for an actual gouge. Now, actually, I pointed that out in the pub. That wasn't an so we'll just point that out. Brandon Wakem in reserve grade. Yes. Didn't, didn't I gouge where there was actual gouging motion? His fingers dug into the eyes of his victim and he got four weeks. So with this one, the seatbelt tackle, there is no... He didn't have a gouging motion, but because he said, I wasn't gouging, because he wouldn't come clean and go, oh, it's a fair cop, Gov, I was gouging his eyes, he would have only got four weeks. But because he said, I wasn't gouging, because he wasn't gouging, he gets five weeks. What? We're upside down. Upside We're down. Utterly upside down. King, rake across the bugger's face. Guess what, Dennis? Guess what he copped? Oh, nothing. No charge. Nothing. Why? Because once again, the footage was oh, grainy. It's the films again. Now, speaking of tackles, seatbelts, and the like, Pat Carrigan and the Broncos Tigers fixture, mm. 32 to 18 in favour of the West Tigers. Uh, in boiling That's water. a solid score, 32 to 18. Yes. So we've got a 14 point. 14 point. That, they would have had to score three times to top that. Yes. Presuming they've kicked all the goals. Yes. That's that's a solid, that's a drubbing. That's a lesson. That's a belting. And he's in hot water, boiling water, in fact, boiling oil, to be honest, for a hip drop tackle on Jackson Hastings, who's, and I've been here, Dennis. This happened to me in a basketball game, a variation. You had a hip, hip drop? drop? Yep, broken fibula. <sighs> Uh, put me out for three months, and that's what's facing Carrigan. Are they bringing you in well, to replace uh, him because your, your phoebe is now working? No, they're, no, but they're bringing him in for the biomedical evidence yep. as to how what can happen when it goes wrong. And you've seen me move lately. You can see oh, yeah. the long-lasting problems. But So Carrigan's in trouble for that form of tackle. Now, it looked to me that a very similar tackle mm. occurred in your game. Yes, it did. On, on the, the number one prop in the game... Joey Tarpany. And I'm saying that. It's not just me saying that. Any Anyone who looks at any statistics, watches any rugby league, will say, right now, Joey Tarpany is the best rugby is the best prop in rugby league. And so obviously the opponents, they want to stop that. So they're happy to injure him. Now, when the referees do nothing about it, the hip drop is a recognized bad tackle. And players are all was it Woodsy? Said this is rubbish. Yes. No, he's talking about the someone, someone else is talking about it. it, it it's, it's rubbish. These are dangerous tackles. And your boy Jackson Hastings, broken bone, broken leg, uh, syndesmotic injury on top of that. He's going to have a long recovery. The same thing was done to Joey. Joey managed not to get injured, but that's that's by pure luck, not management, not you know, it's just luck. The referee did nothing. So Joey said, well, there has to be some sort of, if you're going to transgress, there has to be a consequence. Bang! Gives him one. Gives him a short right. And he earned it. But then he gets sent off. 
So the referee fails to prosecute the rules. Then when Joey takes natural justice into his own hands, he gets prosecuted. This is upside down. This is not justice. It really was uh, distressing scenes at all these parks. And, of course, in the wake of the uh, hip drop tackle. And, look, I'm not saying it's Pat Carrigan's go. And let me tell you, that will be part of his defence. It's not my <laughs> go. That, uh, well, he's been playing for six months. It's hard to establish go in six months. Finally, under the agency of Noddy, five goes into one. James Tamo, wonderful Tigers captain. It was too much for him to see his... Oh compatriot fallen in that particular circumstance and no action from, of course, referee G, like nothing. Well, so I wasn't privy to the uh, vision of this. I was listening in the radio on the Too way home from Shark Park. So I was listening to uh, to the ABC's Quentin Hull describe the action. And it was very clear, you could hear on the referee's mic, that he's blown a penalty to Brisbane because James Tamo has said, dude, that was a hip drop and he's injured him. And Adam G's gone, settle pedal. And he's gone off for... For Michael Luck's sake, he's injured him. It's a hip drop. At this point, Osh, uh, Adam G, has blown a penalty to the Broncos saying dissent. And James Tamo has gone, you're kidding, has walked away. Like he'd actually thrown the ball away as well. The bunkers then had a look and gone, that's a hip drop. Uh, he's broken his ankle. Yeah, okay, maybe. And so the penalty's reversed. And James Tamo was beautiful in his apology. I'm sorry, mate. I'm sorry, mate. I'm and if he apologised once, he apologised five times in the presser as well. He was yeah. just sorry, you know, it got a bit much for me, shouldn't do it, I recognise. But Osher, Osher at, at, he's a lovely man, Adam G. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, it's good that he apologised. Absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, but isn't it, again, you're telling me the team who had their leg broken was the team that incurred <laughs> that the penalty. That got penalised. Right. Yeah. And then cooler heads prevailed. And look, this is a little who bit... Who was in the bunker that night? It might have been Jerry. The, no, I, I no, it wasn't recall. Jerry. I can't recall. Oh, no, it was Joey. But this is showing Joey. that even in an upside-down world, the bunker has a heart because the Tigers had suffered so much at the hands of said bunker the previous week. For them to be penalised in the instance of one of their players breaking a leg due to an illegal action by <laughs> one of the players, said, you know what, we'll give them a penalty. And it put us up at, by eight. And before we go to the break, Dennis, just one other, and I think we're going to be back in upside-down world after the break because this is such rich territory. Oh, yeah. One other example out at Respect Oval, sorry, uh, Four Pines Park, on Thursday night where I believe you were in attendance when the Manly Ringer Seagulls took on the Sydney Roosters. Uh, the Manly Ringer and Blacktown Seagulls yes. took on the... Well, partly Blacktown. Not all the Blacktown boys stepped up. <laughs> no, a lot of them wouldn't. In the, in the situation, well, debutant Alf Smalley, as I like oh, to yeah. call him, was unsanctioned for an early headshot on Sammy Verrills from the Roosters, right? Yeah. And I mean, he's got him, he hasn't got him right on the button. He's got him above, on, and below the button. The whole he's button was just... Everything. And there was no call, no being, no penalty. Why? Because, you know, the bunker's got a heart. It's upside down, Will. And the bunker's also gone, well, it's his first game. We don't know if it's his go or not. Let's just give him the benefit of the doubt. Not his go. <laughs> Bang! Sammy Verrills. Then at the end of the game, when there's a contra-time and Egan Butcher comes in with a bit of a high shot, and then uh, Lionel Richie, a.k.a. Morgan Harper, comes in. Ask if it's him he's looking for. <laughs> That's right. They're both <laughs> in the bin you go. Because you know what? There's one word we're looking for, Dennis, and I can't quite remember what it is. Oh. Oh, I know. It's consistency. Oh, that one. Consistency does not exist in the upside-down world that is rugby league. Now, as we go to the break, of course, one of the phenomena of Stranger Things this season is the revitalization and the rebirth of the wonderful canon that is Kate Bush. Mm. And running up that hill from her masterpiece, The Hounds of Love, has just become a worldwide sensation, Dennis. Again. So I think it's only fit and proper we play, because if you ever did this to a player, you're probably gone for more than four months. And that is that you sat in your lap.
So despite the best efforts of Kate Bush to right the world, we're back in Upside Down World. We are indeed, Dennis. We're mired in Upside Down World as we try to make sense of how Rugby League operates 2022. And what we learned so far is it operates very differently week to week. And there's no through line. There's a word I'm looking for. Is this the one you had before the break as well? I can't remember it. Um, Constitution? Consistency! Consistency! Doesn't apply in Upside Down World. Now, tell you what, I made some banana pancakes the other day. And it's it, banana, buckwheat. So all the sweetness comes from banana. You don't need sugar. Banana, buckwheat flour, which is a very nutritious, gluten-free flour. And it's all about the consistency. Now, if those buckwheat pancake, banana pancakes had the consistency of rugby league, I would have tossed them in the bin. <laughs> Wouldn't have even bothered. There was nothing. That, that, that consistency is appalling. I go to the laneway cafe. No amount of maple syrup and yogurt can fix the consistency of rugby league. <laughs> On Tuesday mornings, I go to the laneway cafe at Camaray, which is just off Miller Street. There's the laneway at the back, hence the laneway cafe. And oh. they have very nice pancakes and they go banana or maple syrup. Now, in my world, it's both, isn't it? Or would you not need the maple syrup if you've got the banana? Oh, no, you want the banana on there. Yeah, but would you also go maple syrup? Oh, so these these were banana pancakes. There's banana in the pancakes. Oh, in they the banana pancake. pancakes. They were actually made of mashed banana, buckwheat, egg. And that's pretty much it. A bit of cinnamon. Um, are you in New Orleans or something? <laughs> I'm healthy. It's a, it's a healthy. They were healthy. But to answer your question, if you've got regular pancakes, you want banana and and maybe blueberries as well. Banana and blueberries and a bit of yogurt and some maple syrup. Have the bloody lot. And that is the choice. You've got the blueberry pancakes or you've got the banana uh, or put the maple the lot. syrup. Put the it's, lot. It's it's confusing but delicious. So we talked about the upside down world, Dennis. Mm-hmm. There was no greater a visualization of where rugby league is in 2022 than what happened out at Combank Stadium, as I like to refer to it. Oh, you mean Western Sydney Stadium? When the Parramatta Eels prevailed over the Penrith Panthers. That was upside down. And, and the Parramatta Eels playing sustained good footy. And the, the tragedy, of course, of Mitchell Moses. And there was a beautiful interview the next day with Junior Bolo, who um, was discussing it, saying he hadn't actually heard of the broken finger that Mitchell's out for five weeks, didn't know, and was told on radio, oh, so, you know, Mitchell Moses being out for five weeks, that, that's got to be a punish. What, what do you mean? He broke his finger. Oh, he broke his finger? Oh, we all thought it was his fingernail. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, it must be a complicated break because sometimes you just strap them up and play on. But uh, obviously, it's isn't it interesting how many people are being suspended or injured up until the finals? Yes. Like, I'm, still, I'm waiting to read for someone who goes, well, actually, you know, in the last couple of weeks, they're out of the finals. I would like to know because a break, technically, if you dislocate your finger, it's a broken bone because the this, your, each joint has four tendons attached to it. Not tendons, the ligaments. And what happens when you dislocate is those little bits of bone tear off. Your fingers swell up, the ligaments reattach, and it takes years. My little finger took 10 years to, to the swelling to come down after, the, after it was dislocated. I wasn't playing footy four weeks later. I can tell you that for nothing. Um, now, they probably have a lot better physio than me, but is it a break, break where an actual bone has snapped or is it just the bits of bone that hold the ligaments on have been torn off? These are questions. We probably need to speak to Brian Seney about it and find out. He's your mate. Friend of the show. So Nathan Cleary's gone for the rest of the season for a dangerous tackle on Dylan Brown. Earned it. He really earned it. Everyone pretty happy about it. One wonders whether Nathan, who got the week off after Origin 3 and the disappointment that we all suffered there, went with a few of the bros up to Bali. Mm -hmm. By the way, bros, bras, it's always hard to follow, isn't it? Broskies. Uh, He said it was terrific to get up there with the mates and get off the phone. And he then came back and had a meet and greet with Manchester United. So maybe he went in a little bit too relaxed to the big game. Right. But his apology, can I read it to you? Oh, is it, is it, is it proper? Did he get it right? Well he, got, well, he went on Instagram and it seems to me in the sheds at half time and then says later expressed his disappointment. Well, I hope it was after full time because we saw what happened to Kevin Proctor. But Nathan instead. Massive apologies for tonight. Filthy at myself for such a dumb moment to let the boys and the fans down. Let's face it, a lot of dumb moments happen at Parramatta because that's what Brad Arthur always talks about his team. Doesn't like dumb. He goes, I'm, uh, I let the boys and fans down. I'm not about that. It was terrible technique and I need to be better. Now, as far as I can see, he's gone massive apologies to the boys and the fans. Now, if Terry Bull 
hasn't established what the real rugby league world should be. I mean, where's the reference to the family? Where's the pro forma? Where's the community? Where's the where's the I can see I have a problem with? Where's the confession to with the problem? My girlfriend, if I had one, or partner, the coaching staff, the manager, well, my, my TikTok dance partners. Exactly right. I mean, seriously. And then, of course, very, very um, graciously, Dylan Brown goes. Obviously, it hurt a bit being dropped on my head, but once I was up, as opposed to down, I was fine. Hopefully, Nate. And this is what upsets a lot of people these days. They all get along too well, don't they? Yeah. Hopefully, Nate knows I'm sweet. I didn't see him after the game because, you know, I had blurred vision. Although I know if I was to do a tackle like that, you worry about the player. <laughs> when I got up, I didn't know how bad it was because I couldn't feel anything. You don't really know what you're, when you're getting tipped upside down. There it is. Then I looked up and spotted the replay and thought, that's a couple of weeks suspension. Well, Dylan was a little bit shy, but let's say that that's really not how you need to apologize, Nathan. And look, I don't want to, because there's no bigger fan of Ivan Cleary than me and what he's done with the Penrith Panthers. And you love Nathan as much. I love to see a father and son out there mm. kicking goals and Particularly scoring tries in rugby league. And, and I hope the same for Jacob Arthur coming up, uh, playing for the Eels in the absence of the flat track bully. But uh, seriously, karma, it's a bitch. <laughs> and then, of course, we have the gravitas of Augustine Gould coming in and saying that we really, and this is even more upside down, we shouldn't have such a prestigious player out for five weeks because the game needs their premium players, their marquee players. So that, so what Augustine is saying is if you're a marquee player, you shouldn't get suspended. Whereas if you're a dud, like who was, who was he gone for five weeks? Who was it? From Corey the, Waddell. Corey Waddell. One of his own. One of his own. <laughs> he can go for five weeks, but not Nathan Cleary. Double standards, upside down, no natural justice. He's a man of principle, Gus, because he's prepared to sacrifice <laughs> his own players in order to be proved right yet again. And there is this sort of dimension of, are we talking marquee players? So should you get concessions in suspensions <laughs> as a result of being marquee? Or is it just your character? Because the general consensus is, I don't know, Nathan, good guy. So a marquee good... player is allowed to be a dog. Exactly. It's encouraged to be a dog. You are the laws the laws would then positively encourage you and reinforce you being a dog. This could be the fourth immutable law of rugby league. The better you are, the more dog you can be. Wow. Um and then of course uh We had the Sharks game. <laughs> And the Sharks game had some more upside down. Was it upside down or was it right way up in the Sharks game? Oh, you're talking about Georgie Burgess? Georgie Burgess. No, no. I mean, he just got, got a little bit of incidental head contact and got sent off, which is a typical mistake. That's rational. <laughs> That's almost the exception that proves the rule. But in the uh, Nathan Cleary, the good guy defense was absolutely trashed mm. by um, Voice of Reason, Sharon Woods. And Freddie and Billy Slater come out and they were like, oh... You know, he's a good bloke and we don't want to be missing these good players before semifinals. And I don't, that's bull crap, if you ask me. Yeah. I reckon that's just, that's rubbish. You know, he's got a, He had a prior charge already on Billy Walters early on in the year. So he would have got four weeks, but he had that. That's an, that's an extra week. And if you watch the tackle, I remember Freddie come out and said that, oh, you know, Liam Martin helped it a bit. No, he didn't. He pulled off the tackle and you see clearly regrip and get a, get a hand in between the leg. Well, remember he got in trouble for the TikTok? Mm. People forget about that as well. Just about spot on for um, me. And then they're like, oh, he shouldn't miss semi final because going. he's a good player. Yeah, <laughs> it just frustrates me just because they're the players that they like. Yeah. Call a spade a spade. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely got all over it. But speaking of the rabbits, uh, sorry, Pants Man, but Jai Arrow is getting in some more trouble. He's getting some more hot water. He's not just bringing dancing girls into the uh, dressing rooms, um, into his uh, the hotel rooms, despite their being in a bubble. We know that. It, a couple of months ago, there was a uh, an incident with his American staffy. Well, there was. And it's very interesting that when we're talking about the Rabbitohs versus the Sharks, that we're now talking about dogs. Mm. The first thing I want to go to while I remember is this pregame pump-up from the narrator himself, Matt Nable. Like the gazelle and the lion. Every morning a gazelle wakes up knowing it must outrun the fastest line or it will be killed. And every morning a lion wakes up. It knows that it must run faster than the slowest gazelle or it will starve. It doesn't matter whether you're a lion or a gazelle. When the sun comes up, you'd better be running. So that was a promo for the rabbits versus the sharks. 
And now we're talking about dogs. And you're talking about Jai Arrow. Now, we remember the um, very disappointing story of when Liam Knight, uh, now out for the season, as a result of, if I can remember correctly, a seatbelt seat belt belt tackle, tackle. Uh, or a hip drop, one of the two. And he was out walking Jai Arrow's dog's huge egregious area, taking a South's dog into a rooster's precinct because they were Bronte Beach. Yeah. And it was miniature Schnauzer Millie mm. who was mauled, but thankfully after 10-odd grand of veterinary expenditure has uh, moved on to um, a pretty happy and comfortable existence. Waverley Council's intervened and they've issued an order on Thor, the, uh, what is it? We American it? Staffy. The American Staffy. So I'm not too au fait with council requirements, but I think if you want to relocate the dog to another jurisdiction, it's a little bit like bail requirements. You've got to go get them varied. Well, Arrow goes on origin duties, successfully it must be argued, and Thor is relocated to the Central Coast. Without notifying the authorities. Without notifying Rule the Central Coast. Rule of law, authorities. law's yeah. broken, yeah. consequences. Upside down. And unfortunately, a greyhound known as Ruby. Ruby? Yeah, in Bado Bay. Bado Bay? Is that the Central Coast? That's, that's, that's home of the entrance tigers. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I can tell you that because Rugby League the Musical has performed at the entrance tigers leagues club in Bado Bay. <laughs> anyway Ruby and his owner or her owner I should say uh, are walking past an open gate and unfortunately Thor's come out and um, uh, the news is not good for Ruby she didn't make it and the owner's got a couple of breaks in his wrist and bite marks and so forth now again Arrow not present but he's devastated and uh, the Thor is now currently in the possession of the Central Coast Rangers and you know they're mean men and uh, it doesn't look good for Thor Except that, despite the track record, basically, and I don't want to make light too much of a situation where unfortunately a dog has died, but my understanding is that they will run the Nelson Asafa Solomona defense, and uh, not his go, grainy vision, etc. Incidental contact, and Thor will be wow. back on the street soon. Hmm. Now, I think the key issue there, though, is you need to lock the gate. <laughs> Unfortunately, an unidentified teenager had not heard that community announcement song that I only presume that is. And uh, unfortunately, mayhem ensued between poor old Ruby and Thor. Well, that's a serious message from Hornsby Council there. So she was out of Hornsby Council, Ruby. So don't, don't say any spread it. good doesn't come out of this show. And if we can get, uh, if Ruby's sacrifice could not be in vain, that Lock would that be gate. a real positive. Please keep that gate shut. Mm. Now, there was another... An incident, I don't want to make light of the of, of Ruby, so I won't do a segue from it, but Valentine Holmes. Well, <sighs> noted grub. Noted grub. And also, you know, offside from the kickoff in the game with Please. the Tigers. Please, He's, the wound is still fresh. The wound is we'll still fresh. We'll talk about that in a moment. But I was at uh, Cogra Jubilee Oval and I saw the shot at goal and I saw him turn and he made a beeline for that child. There was a child on the field who had the kicking tee. Now the child maintained his line. He didn't change his line. He just ran straight and he was clear. And if if we had some stop vision here and we could draw arrows on the pictures, you would see that that child just ran straight. Valentine Holmes went directly at him. It wasn't shoulder-to-shoulder contact. They weren't competing for the ball. He has just taken the child out. And it was so premeditated, he even had his hands ready to catch the child to drop him. Now, he didn't, uh, JWH and, and um, NA, bang, drop his elbow into his, into the face. Incidental contact, no but he charge. Put, he put the child down. 
Look, it's interesting. And this was right in front of Hopper Sutton. Yeah, I know. And Hopper Sutton did nothing. Absolutely bugger all. Absolutely nothing. Come on, Hopper, lift your game. And it was interesting because the commentators wanted to show when towards the end of the game, Moose Maguire was penalised for an escort and they were all joking. Now that's an escort. Well, I tell you what, the Valentine Holmes thing, that's how you do it it right. And I've got to be honest with you, Dennis, I'm going to go out on a limb here and take a controversial view as I start to be influenced and permeated by Upside Down World. Mm -hmm. Jonathan Thurston has a lot to answer for. Because my understanding is that Jonathan Thurston started this habit of picking up the kicking tee and handing oh, it to the kid, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, there's nothing worse where you're obligated to kick a conversion. You're down 40 points to eight and full time has been blown, right? And you still got to be a good person, take the conversion attempt and then go to the trouble of picking the tee, which is often 10 metres away, and hand it back to the kid. I mean, those kids don't get enough to do. It's the kid's job. 100%. You're actually taking the kid's job. That's his one purpose. You give he, His sole purpose in life, his... his Reason his reasoned art. It's it's why he's there. His art is to pick that up, and he's taking away the child's art. And Holmes has just said, "I'm sick of it. I'm out of hell." And I'm, I'm, not, gonna, I'm not just picking up the key. I'm, I'm picking up this child. kid out. And if one ball kid has to be sacrificed for the greater good of allowing our professional rugby league players to get on with things and not have to make these empty gestures, can I say these political gestures? As Paul these Kent would woke- put it. These woke, woke virtue signaling of giving the kicking tee back to the kid who just dreams of picking up the tee. That's all he wants to do. So, look, look, kudos to the kid for copying one. I think it'll, again, be for the greater good. Mm-hmm. Now, look, Dennis, before we go to the break. Yes. I do just want to reflect uh, on a couple of issues relating to my team. Uh, the Tigers. Yeah, the West Tigers. How'd so, they go on the weekend, Chris? Uh, 32 points to 18. I have o- over who? Over the Brisbane Broncos. Oh, so the Brisbane Broncos are coming last, are they? Then oh. no, no, no. They're coming fifth. Oh, they're high flying. Yeah. So they've beat from from second last place. No, from last place. They're now because, second last. Well, well, they should actually be second last at the start of the week because obviously they were robbed. But yes. they've come back and beaten the high flying Broncos. They have indeed. And I have posted on the Fire Up socials a picture of Tigers fan Marissa Renton, who's gone viral. Uh, for her excitement, I think when Dewey finally put the nail in the coffin to give us the 14-point lead. Mm. And I just want to give kudos to Marissa. Thank you, everyone, for your positive comments. My family got tickets as a special treat for my 60th. I have lived, laughed, cried, and probably bled. The marks on my hubby face were actually chemo cream, but he'd worn my fingernails for many years. (laughs) Tigers, since I was five. Oh, aren't we all there, Marissa? Remembering our heritage whilst embracing our new identity because she was in an old Balmain Tigers black chevron Jersey. I hadn't realized I was the screen as I was just living in the moment. She was fist pumping and hurrahing and huzzahing. Win, lose, or draw, the Tigers are and always will be my team. And I'm proud this photo was in some small way able to resonate with fans everywhere. Well, I say, Marissa, you are rugby league. And it's in that spirit that our chair, Lee Hedger-Patelis, and CEO Justin Pascoe have briefed a barrister who goes by the name of Yashin Sarif. Ooh. senior counsel, and they're going to do something again about this Cowboys Say the name of the, the barrister again. Yashin Sharif. Yashin Sharif. That's got a very smooth and sharp, that's like Exocet. It's got a beautiful automatopoeia to it. So the exciting- Say it again. I like that name. Yashin Sharif. Sorry, Tim Sheen Sharif, did you say? <laughs> that's right. Shireen. Yeah. Could it be Tim Sheen in a wig, in a horsehair <laughs> wig? Uh, I tell you what, they wouldn't know. They wouldn't know at NRL headquarters because they have nothing to do with my club. <laughs> now, of course, the really exciting news that's come down the wires today, where we go out on a Tuesday, is that Vecna and Freddy Krueger, a.k.a. Yeah. Volantis and Abdo, have agreed to an audience with the West Tigers on this issue. Is this much like the Matty John show has an audience? Like there's 15 people who sit there and go, hey, at every joke. No, I think it's a laugh. highly ritualized event. What would you imagine happens in an audience with Volandis and Abdo? I imagine they're going to the uh, the pristine chapel, because obviously it's not the Sistine because that's in Rome, but, but there'd, there'd be a pristine chapel, wood panelled walls, uh, parquetry floor, there'd be sort of frescoes <laughs> on the wall, on the ceiling, and Abd and... He'd be sitting, Volanders would be sitting way up on high on, on a, 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 a cathedra, a big stone chair. And just down to his right-hand side, there would be Abdo, man-at-arms. And they would come in and they would be supplicant. 
They'd yes. have to walk in head bowed. They'd probably ha- be presented with bowls with rose petals and they'd flick the rose petal to the side and they'd be bowing their heads and there'd be all sorts of gesticulations and, and bowing. Then they'd make offerings. Yes. They'd be lighting candles. They'd be going to shrines of Volandis. And then Volandis would say, you may speak. <laughs> The offerings, by the way, if you saw Tales from Tiger Town, it'd be like when Pasco went to visit uh, Harry Triggerboth and he had it wrapped in <laughs> wrapped in plastic, plastic, you know, Tiger's windsheeters and no, scarves and things like that. And Triggerboth goes, Why are you giving me this rubbish? But <laughs> and look, yeah, all I want is room six. Look, then, then like I'd oval upstairs. <laughs> that's right. That's it. Take my suite. Thank you, Harry. How, how are you after the fall? And <laughs> what fall? The, the truth of the matter is is that this, they're talking about the NRL's going to wheel out tired old senior counsel, Alan Sullivan. He's got no oh. chance against Sharif. It's going to be a fait accompli. The Tigers will be on 12 competition points yes. by the time you're listening to this. And who's your 60-year-old friend? That was- uh, Marissa Renton. Marissa, she'll be fist pumping. She'll, she'll be more than pumping the fist, I can tell you. Hubby better look out for those fingernails. Uh, <laughs> now, finally, in relation to the Tigers, I've been accused of being soft on the Tigers on this show, Dennis. <laughs> because they're my club. Who's accused you of that? Many people. They said, you know, are I'll they Roosters all, fans? I'll, I'll be all over a Roosters and Parramatta era, but I won't call the Tigers out when they should be called out. And I want to stand in solidarity with the news limited journalists, i.e., the Rothfields and the Kents of the world, who have brought to everybody's attention that the Tigers did a fans mixer yes. up in Brisbane on Friday before our famous victory on the Saturday. Yep. Where the fans had the opportunity to get their photos taken with the like of Jackson Hastings and Adam Dewey and so forth. And there was some food and drink was put on. And quite rightly, the news journalists have pointed out, did you realize that members were charged 70 bucks a ticket? 70 bucks. Plus 55 for a concession for the pleasure of a bit of food and drink in a ballroom somewhere to meet the West Tigers. And they are outraged, Dennis. And I share their outrage. You feel that 70 bucks is... Nowhere near enough. Goodness. The Tigers have missed a commercial opportunity here. I'd pay $300 just to get in the room before the photos. And I think every individual selfie and autograph should be premium charged. Thank you, News Limited, for bringing us to attention. West Tigers, lift your game. That's me, Dennis. You've got anything else? I believe you have a song. Well, I was quite taken by the events of the last few weeks. Uh, well, particularly last week. There was just so much that happened within like four days. And so I just put a little summary together of it uh, with the aid of Billy Joel. Dilfin Nukin comes out strong, tackle goes a little wrong. Then he crashes headlong into Stephen Crichton's ear. To the judiciary he went, though it was an accident. They set up a precedent, they gave him two weeks. Meanwhile in the doggies game, Corey Waddell's hand stray across the angry face of Fa'asua Maliawi. Though there was no gouging motion, Tino had a big commotion for that little brain explosion. Corey got five weeks. Proctor doesn't give a damn Puts a bit on Instagram of vaping in the boys' room Then he gets sacked Bottle thrown at the fox Ricky Stewart's cough Pops a copy Any more shocks Someone read the riot act Six weeks until the finals But the controversies Just keep on returning Only six weeks until the finals Now I'm feeling sure There can't be any more Tiger Sunday afternoon Trying to dodge the wooden spoon Take the lead, none too soon, one second on the clock Cowboys try a short kick, Dane Laurie catches it Surely that has done the trick, no, everything goes off The ref gets swamped, hold the phone, only a short whistle blown Up till then, no one's no short whistle was a thing Bucky sends it up to Klein, Calfell takes a massive dive Did Kapoa change his line, what the hell is happening? Every Leaf fan's greatest fear Captain's challenge rules are clear Everyone was keen to hear from Graham Annesley Felix said Ash got it wrong The penalty should not have gone Result would not be overturned This has been a travesty Six weeks until the finals But the controversies just keep growing and burning Only six weeks until the finals Now I'm feeling sure there can't be any more Manly Jersey Rainbow Pride taking on the Rooster side Six weeks until the finals 
But the controversies just keep growing and burning Only six weeks until the finals Now I'm feeling sure there's gonna be some more and 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 more The vast majority of it, 99% of it, the, the innovation in the game and broadcasting has been brought on by Channel 9. I've been covering football for decades and I did not understand it. Pick whatever adjective you want. Joke, farce, shambles. Dennis? Help, I'll, give you, I'll give you that one. Joke, farce, Which shambles. one of those adjectives do you like the most? Uh, I think shambles. No, farce. That's, I think farce. Well, farce, is farce. A, farce is a noun. So we've, which 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 so that's out. Which one do you want? Okay. Yep. You're right. Which one of those? Which one of those adjectives do you like? A joke isn't really an adjective. That's a noun. Is it? Shambles. A shambles. <laughs> a shambles. That's a noun. Wow. Now, obviously, when you got it, when you got to talk that much, maybe you just maybe you just slipped his mind, and maybe he didn't do you nine English. Yeah, they were. It was a rort. Like you can pick whatever. Joke, fast, whatever um, adjective you want to use. So those are nouns. If something is a joke or a farce or a shambles, that's a noun. So you're saying if you can put an article, definite or indefinite, in front of it, it's a noun. That audio sounds like late night with hoops, doesn't it? (laughs) That makes you think maybe journalists don't understand English. All right. So this is this is poor Ken. Obviously, it was a very it was a very hot hot week for for three sixty last week. This is this is Paul Kent on, on Ask Kenty. This is question number one, and then question number three. James Turner, with the amount of negativity around the game currently, what would you recommend the NRL do to bring back to bring the game back to a positive light? Oh look, if you're talking about recent events, just get on with playing football. The NRL's job is to administer the game. That's it. Mm. We're not here to be a political organisation. All right, Neil O. Can you commit to sticking to game analysis and keeping opinions about social issues and themes of NRL special rounds off the program? Never. Never. <laughs> so that was the same person answering both questions? That was the same person. It's same intri- show even. It's interesting. I'm calling Same it segment the- even. So one one time was right way up, the other time was upside down. Which was must which? Have been, which must was have which? Been. Yeah, must have. Yeah. <laughs> I'm calling it the Kent Doctrine, which is complicated. But I tell you, there's an acolyte and that's Freddie Fittler. He thinks there should be a home and away jersey, an indigenous jersey. That's it. No Anzac jersey. No, the apparel ma- manufacturers will just absolutely decide. But what themselves. about? But then, what's Paul Kent going to talk about? Well, exactly right. Because he can't. He talks about the. So, well, if you understand it, Chris, maybe you can help me with this one. So, obviously, a lot of stuff being said about the the gay thing. I think you guys covered it off pretty pretty well. Um, I think in, in general, it's been a positive. A lot of people, like pretty much what ninety nine percent of people, have been saying the right thing. But this is Paul Kent given his time to to finally someone's letting him speak his mind, okay, on this on this issue that no one wants to let the Paul Kents of the world talk about. So this is what Paul Kent had to say there. Okay, as far as yeah, Ian Roberts came out twenty seven years ago, and I know there hasn't been anybody come forward in the in the in lieu of that. Most times when you get to the conversation about that, the reason is because they just don't want to be like Ian Roberts is now, where he's forced to be the spokesman every time this becomes an issue at some point. All right, let's meet him halfway, okay? So I'm sh- there's a lot of other facets to, to Ian Roberts other than his sexuality. Maybe he is would go tired of, of having to be the, the spokesperson for that. That is a... Um, I, could, I could see that. Mm-hmm. And that's very, uh, that's very thoughtful of 360 to put themselves in the shoes of someone else going through that, okay? So then what do they do about this this issue? No good guys. Yeah, I agree. Me and the legend Ian Roberts, who was a big supporter of the Pride jersey concept, said while today's outcome was not surprising, it's still extremely disappointing. The one person they got to speak on it <laughs> was Ian Roberts. Of course they did. Okay, it's moving- a catch-22. Moving on to it's what's other upside down, you know. You upside need, down. You need that uh, that dust and debris floating around so you know what's going on. Oh, sorry, Dennis, that's might be spoilers. Um, moving on to lot to lighter things. Um, Billy Slater. Sometimes our players are too smart for their own good. Some, 
Wow. It could be the new wow. title of the podcast. Sometimes NRL players are too smart too smart for their own good. Billy Slater was very much putting the should be a concession for a good guy and the Nathan Cleary thing. I hope he doesn't think that he would have fallen into that category when he was playing. Grub. Scandalous would seem like the kind of player they'd put on the judiciary. You know when Scandalous got the two boots from Slater in the head at Leichhardt Oval? I was there. Oh, six? Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't. Uh, moving to some rugby league um, analysis right quick. Uh, Brad Arthur. So a lot of people thinking about like the, the job that Parramatta did on Penrith. How did it happen? Like it looked just, you know, how Globe tried to stuff. How'd they do that? Um, Brad Arthur was very pleased with the, the first half in particular. Um, you know, sometimes it gets hard in that situation when it, when they're man down and, you know, you've got plenty of footy. That's a tough way to play footy. Yeah. Oh, you'd much, rather have, yeah. you'd much rather have them have an Penrith extra man. Had, yeah, Penrith and, had all the... And all the footy. Yeah. Because yeah. there's a saying in soccer that um, sometimes it's harder to play when the opposition's a man down because they just park the bus. Yeah. So that kind of makes sense, I guess. Yeah. Rugby league, that might be a couple of weeks ago. I think it was, it might've even been Kent saying that once the opposition has so much ball on the line on your, in the mm. attacking zone, it's the advantages to the other team because- If you don't turn pressure into points. That's, a, that's an existential question. Can you have too much possession? Well, if, if, you, if you have too much possession and pressure and you don't turn it into points- you see it all the time. They also people can't have get, 10 sets at the line and the next score, thing, bang. You're not going to get scored right. against while you're- Got the ball on their line. You'd think. But yeah. Except when there's an intercept thrown. But then you don't have the ball, do you? Then you don't have the ball. <laughs> you don't have the ball. It is difficult to score points without the ball in rugby yeah. league. In fact, I'd say it's impossible. Yeah. And the, but I'm talking about scoreboard points. Yeah. And not, when, not other points. And when you have the ball, you know, it's not... You can... Some players don't have the ball and they can have a little rest. Whereas yes. the opposition, you're pretty much... You're working the whole time. Yes. Oh, this is some great detail. Well, let's get back. Here. Let's get back to politics. Then it was women in league round, okay? And it was also parliamentary state of origin. If you're going to get to politics, and well, elbow, I think that's pretty much the only. I think that's pretty much the only politics that have been talked about on the show. I don't really think that um, <laughs> an entire gender is politics, but <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about gender politics. Then. Yeah. Um, women in league round done. You know, very well now. I think they're getting past the tuck shop ladies and the, you know, we'll wear a little bit of pink for the for the girlies. Mm. So this is this is Channel 9 introducing women in league round. You've got the NRL, Dragons NRLW players doing the, the Guard of Honor and you got... Yeah, we saw the, Kezi Apps was there and she, she did a had moon boot. She had a trophy or something. And a moon boot. Yep. Um, you had the... Um, the players fellas come out, out with their with girlfriends the, and wives or grandmothers or, or Yep. Yep, yep. So this is Channel 9 introducing it. The NRLW Dragons ca- captain at Kezi Apps delivering the So match that in the background the is... That's the killers. What song's that, Dennis? He's the man. I'm the man. Women in league celebrated by I'm the man. I did see in the, the other game, the AFL, the Giants one day had a, 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 a girls celebration. They had all the AFL, the girls that play junior AFL going around. The choir boys were playing at halftime. So what do they play? Boys will be boys. Yeah. You know, they're just wrestling fans. Becky Lynch used to be known as the man in the WWF. So there you go. Well, Stella Donnelly's got a song called Boys Will Be Boys. It's very, a very stirring um, song for mm. progressing of gender. Um, Politics. The way we see gender and, and roles in, of genders in society. Now, who better than us to talk about current music? Uh, seeing as we've done a whole show about uh, Stranger Things, which people stopped talking about like probably two months ago. <laughs> I still haven't seen episode series four. But, anyway. but Chris, you sent this. You you um, sent this to me today. I'm still getting over the comment from Matt Russell that that prize celebration was a DJ move. Yeah, he was doing some scratching. <laughs> okay, as the kids would call it, Mick. Jeez, I thought it was the uh, walking like an Egyptian. Yeah, he was just rocking the vinyl back and forth. Yeah, okay, okay, just getting the crowd pumped up. Yeah. Yeah, so this was Josh Drinkwater as part of, you know, the... Scott Drinkwater. Scott Drinkwater. Is Josh going to go the same oh, way God. as Luke Catewell where he had played like four <laughs> games? Catewell, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Drinkwater's uh, done the post-try celebration still just within that window to raise funds for the, uh, Lismore. And and he's just moved the arm back and forth. Did he at least have a hand on the ear? Two fingers I'm in telling, the ear? I'm telling you, if you're in the GJ world, which Pantsman Pat is... And, and, and you, of course. I occasionally intersect with it. It's just... 
incredible how people just naturally cut their hand to one ear oh, and yeah. do the scratching motion. And when Wazza Smith says it's for the kids, I'm going up the road to catch up with my old mate Stephen Ferris. He's 65, so, you know. It's not exactly uh, genre shattering. I think is Woz is actually Woz is fifty five. He's the same age. Yeah. He's, he's, he's for the kids. Uh, there would have been DJ scratching when he was in the nightclubs if he ever went it's, there. It's like marketing campaigns. Still Come on, Woz. I mean, it's twenty twenty two. A marketing department still go well. Apart from the rainbow jersey, they go. We want to appear edgy and street. Let's do some hip hop. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, speaking of of that, this is from the uh, New South Wales Cup game on the weekend. But I can't believe going through the sheds. I could not handle it. Mate, the music in there, right? It's all this doof, 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 mate. You would love it, right? I was waiting for the next track. Right, guess what? It was Lady Gaga. Mate, what about ACDC? Put you to sleep. Yes, but I don't know if you go too well at concerts these days, but... Um... Oh, what's Ben Homer talking about? Spud And what's Ben Homer talking about? Spud Carroll's... He's playing concerts. He's playing concerts. He's there with not Wayne Pierce and the big hitters. He's there. What's, what's his band called? I forget. You, I talked to him. Have I told you I talked to him at, um, the other day? And he's saying that they Don't Change was his favorite song to play. So I quickly just looked up the chords just to see what, how, what his um, mm. dexterity was. And I was like, oh, do you play a... It's like one of those ones where the, where the rhythm's sort of a melody as well. So you yep. sort of move like sort of one finger up to do... So it's like sixes and susses and... And that, and I'll be like, "Oh, Spud, do you do the the sus two and the sus four and the and the six? And he's like, sort of looked at me for a second. He's like, "Oh, is that the one where you move your the middle finger up?" I'm like, "Absolutely, that's that's exactly right." So he knows he knows his stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah big time. Player. First of all, the latest Lady Gaga album, Chromatica, criminally underappreciated. And secondly, the last time I spoke to Stud, we were sharing stories about having kidney stones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stud Carol, he'd like that. Yeah, he would. He'd be like, Kid, kids these days. Stud Carol. Wouldn't even know about plastic kidney stone. <laughs> I walk into the change rooms there. I've got 47 texts. I never turned my phone on after the game, but I thought, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't wrong in what I was thinking tonight. 47 texts. Every one of those texts agreed with every fan out there and everything I believe in. There's one that I wanted to highlight. So Tom Webb, Tom Webb's at the football. He didn't say which which football. I assume it was on on Thursday, so I assume it was the Roosters Manly game. Um, there's been a, been a lot of talk about that game. All right, no one's mentioned that hit the road jack made its return. Ooh, Stephen Ferris, who I just mentioned previously, was all over that because he feels he owns that concept for having done it to Munster in that grand final, and he was hurt. His feelings were hurt. Is that a flotsam jetsam song? Yeah, that's exactly right. Before we get to the reasons to dislike the Parramatta Eels, um, there've been no Arara Valley axes to grind. Is this is that because this whole show has been an Arara Valley axe to grind about consistency? Yes, in one way and no in another, which is upside down thinking, right? <laughs> so I've got an axe to grind. I got an axe deluxe to grind, but I've had to put it on pause, Dennis, Ooh. because we're at the sharp end, dare I say it, of the Arara Valley Axeman lottery draw, <gasps> which we had a ticket in which yes. we, um, was won by Courtney Chapter. Friend of the show. And Courtney has kindly said if she's lucky enough to win the cash, she's going to share it amongst the Axemen juniors, I believe, and a junior rugby league club of our choosing. Ooh. So the Asquith Magpies might be in the frame. Hello, Willoughby Ruse. Sure, Willoughby Ruse. Now, I received notification yesterday the draw has occurred. Yep. And the four winners will be notified today by email. Have you checked so, your email? I, I've been consciously, constantly checking my email. No I didn't even news, check mine, even though I didn't get one. No news as yet. So I feel that we need to get closure here because there'll be a little coda to this story that should tickle everybody's fancy. And I can't share it yet. But we've still got our fingers crossed for you, Courtney, and for those junior rugby leaguers that the Arara Valley Axemen ticket goes our way but if not we'll be back grinding axes as usual next week well I, I did have a little bit of correspondence that uh, at the Sharks game I noticed that um, Paul and Emma Domini friends of the show were, were there watching their child playing junior rugby league the Tarrant Point Tiger I, I don't know what there was a couple of teams there and um, apparently they were yelling because they were trying to video their child and Latrell Mitchell's run across their screen and they're saying, get out. I'm trying to video my child play footy. So I was this close. I'm holding up yeah, my fingers. You very reckon close. that? I reckon the camera was, would have just been turned on to Latrell, I was no matter this, what was happening on oh the Oh, no, field. they were following the action. I was this close to meeting the Emma of our Lord and Paul of our Lord as well. You yeah. don't get to see Latrell Mitchell in a South Sydney jersey on a football field that often. So <laughs> soak it up. <laughs> well, with that then, Chris, do you have any, I'm sure you do, and I can't wait, new reasons to dislike the Parramatta Eels? 
There's a lot of talk about the fact that the Eels aren't connecting with their fans, Dennis. Mm. And it's come to light that even despite the loss of their spiritual leader, Nathan Cleary, all the Panthers players are out there thanking the crowd out at Combank Stadium, that most of the Parramatta Eels players probably do the right thing and go to the showers and cool down and get the liniment and the treatment that they need. But they're not going out and doing the lap and getting the selfies with the fans. The Cowboys at Cogra, they were there for a good 40 minutes after. And they're all like, it, it starts to get chilly in winter. They were shirts off. They were throwing shirts into the crowd. They were going around to the, the half dozen Cowboys fans were there. Got a lot. They weren't paying 77 extra bucks either. They were getting it for nothing just for turning up. Similarly, the Newtown Jets, after they spanked Pantsman Pat's bunnies out at Henson Park to the tune of 42 points to 18 from memory. Did a beautiful lap of the Oval, and of course they came together where the PWA ring was doing post-match <laughs> wrestling, which was well-received by the rugby league community. As one, they've gone up online and said, we need more wrestling in rugby league. Hello, <laughs> Cameron Smith! <No. laughs> Hello, Freddy Krueger Abdo. But apparently, with the exception of Junior Barlow, Ryan Madison, Reed Marnie, and Dylan Brown, who did pay some respects to the fans, all the other reels are going to the sheds and not connecting with their group. And let's face it, that is another reason to dislike the Paramount. And with that, let's wrap up this episode of Fire Up. We hope you've been fired up. We hope you get fired up again next week. Join us again. Fire Up Rugby League on Facebook and Insta. Fire Up NRL on Twitter. Blowing Up Deluxe on Facebook. And we'll be back next week to Fire Up. You're probably unhappy at home. Be as unhappy as you like. I-